God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm pretty sure this only happens to me. I walk down to my mailbox, I open the mailbox, and I pull out what seems to be like a display board from my mailbox. And it's a letter from a car dealership, and it looks like there's a casino on the front of that card. It says you could win a brand new car, or you could win cash, or you could win something else. So I take that, and I walk towards the house, towards my door, and I, I throw it in the trash. Another day I go out again, and I, I open up the mailbox, and again there's this board in my mailbox that says, scratch off these numbers and match them, and you'll win a car. And I fold it up, I walk to my door, and I put it in the trash. Again, I walk out to my mailbox, and there seems to be a board that's so big, and it says, just match these numbers, pull this little tag out, and the numbers that light up, if they match, then you've won, and you're a winner. And I walk back to my door, and I throw in the trash without even doing anything. Why? Because the first four times I did it, I was a winner, but I didn't win anything. Because... You first have to go to the car dealership. I don't want to do that. You have to give them your your name. I I really don't want them calling me at all hours, trying to sell me a car. And then there's a a list of conditions on the back of that that say, before you win, you have to blank. And so by now I know that every time I will win, but I really don't win at all. And every time I'll take that huge board that somehow ends up in my mailbox and I'll throw it away. Wouldn't it be great if there were no conditions to that? If I scratch off the numbers on that and they matched up and I actually just walked to the dealership and sat in a new car and drove away, wouldn't it be great if there were no conditions? But the thing is, our life is very much based on conditions. The fact that you are here right now, you had to fulfill a list of conditions. First condition... You had to wake up. If you're not awake right now or didn't get, leave your bed, then you're not here. Condition number two, you had to maybe desire to come here or someone was really pushing you to come here. And so fulfilling criteria two is important as well. But you can't be here unless you fill another criteria condition. You need a ride here. Or you need some form of transportation of getting here. If you live close, you can walk here. But if any of those conditions were not filled, you would not be here. We see our life is very much full of conditions. Almost everything we do is is conditioned on something. So for us to to, to go work, maybe we need someone who can watch the kids. That's the condition of our working. For for us to, to... Go out and maybe spend time with family and friends. Maybe we have to have time and not be working all the time. There are conditions left and right, and it's insane how many conditions we have in our lives. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they all kind of went away? Well, there's one condition that every single person faces. It's a condition that however we live our lives however good or however poor, however healthy or unhealthy, life will come to an end. That's the condition. Life's going to stop. I'm sure you've all heard this last week of the Southwest flight. 
The engine blew out, and the window was damaged, and someone was killed. A passenger on that flight, actually one of our own pastors a few classes ahead of me was on that flight, and he said, I bet you everyone on that flight wondered if there was a God. I bet you everyone wondered if there's a God, because in that moment, everything that they were working for or working towards came to a standstill for them, thinking that they're going to die. Their, their plane's going to go down, and then it's going to be the end. And so in that moment, there's a common theme between a lot of people. Everyone pulled out their credit cards. You know what they did? They purchased Wi-Fi to send one last message to their family and friends. One last thing that they wanted to say before they would be gone. Everyone saw that condition of death so clearly. Everyone saw it right in front of them, and it it caused them to really realize and understand what was important, what they wanted to do, and what life-ending kind of looked like. Thankfully, that plane landed by the grace of God, and thankfully those people are okay. And we pray for the one family who lost their family member. But there that condition stands. They may have made it through that, but what about the next time? It could have been any of us on that plane, and every day it's any of us. Everyone says when something happens to them and their family, I only see this in movies and on TV, but it happened to me. So any of us have that condition staring right beside us of death, kind of peering around the corner, coming at any moment. And so even though... You're a parent with young children. Death really doesn't care. It'll jump out and take you away. Even though you have everything planned out and you are careful and cautious, it doesn't matter the terms and conditions of life or death. They're unfair to come at any time. Wouldn't it be great if there were no conditions? John, today, in our epistle lesson, he's kind of, he's flabbergasted. He's almost confused. Because for the first time, he's seen something that is truly unconditional. As John writes, he writes specifically about love. And a a love that comes from God that's unlike any other love that he has ever experienced. Listen to what he says. 1 John 3, the first half of verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So the English translation of the Greek there is good. How great the Father's love. Literally, in Greek it says, of what sort of love is this? that the Father has lavished on us. It's as if John sees this love that God gives to him, and he's confused by it. He's never seen anything like it ever before, and he knows he'll never see anything like it ever again. And he says, what sort of love is this that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God? And this is the kind of love that he's talking about. The Greek word for love there is agape. How we typically define unconditional love. Now think about that. Unconditional love. It's not something you see regularly. 
You see, we have a love, and we have a love for a lot of things. We might sit down at our, our table for a meal and say, I love this meal so much. And we might even say, I can eat this for the rest of my life. But if that were actually to happen by the thousandth time, would you say, I love that meal? I don't think so. I think you'd get pretty bored of it and want to taste something else. You, you say about um, certain items and things are in your life, I absolutely love this, I can never do without it, and yet so many times we find ourselves tossing the items that we've kept for so long away, the things that we said I love so much. And this even goes to the, the point of loving in the most intimate way, a love for a husband and a wife together. Sometimes we have conditions on our love, and so many people fall into love because There's this emotional connection and feeling, and yet we see so many people fall out of love later on. And for insane reasons. Well, because they had some bad habits I couldn't get used to. Because I I, I didn't make the, the connection with them like we used to have. Oh, I I just don't like how they look. All of a sudden, love becomes conditional. That all of a sudden, your, your spouse has to fulfill all these conditions for you to love them. Maybe, maybe you're not giving them an, enough tension, and so you don't feel like they're good for you. And, and so you look for something else, something's better, and yet we look at our lives and see how conditional our lives are. It's insane. Maybe the one relationship that really gets close to unconditional love is that of a parent to a child, a mother to a child. And how insane sometimes that, that love is. That a parent sometimes goes to the lengths of not caring how their child looks or the attitude that they have or the personality that they end up with. Even going to the fact that even if they have a criminal record, they'll still love this child. It's insane how that far that goes. And then on the other side, how a young child absolutely trusts their parents. Until they're two, of course, and they don't trust them. And they trust their parents so much that they just grab onto them without any question at all. And you begin to step back and say, what sort of love is this? What sort of love is it? Because if we could replicate this love in everything that we do, wow, what sort of life would we live? of what sort of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Now, I don't think... I'm I'm guessing each of you knows or have experienced this. The one person in school, either grade school or high school, just makes your, your life horrible and miserable. You call them a bully. They, they pick something out about you and they just grind into you and make you feel horrible. I bet you wouldn't say you love them. Why? Because they're hurting you. And yet when we hear God's will and turn our back on it, we're hurting the God who's given us this sort of love. 
when we come before God and we, we don't obey his will, instead we, we don't do the things that he says and do the things that he says we shouldn't, don't we hurt him? The fact of the matter is, is God gave everything and made everything perfect for us. He gave us everything. Adam and Eve had absolutely everything that they could possibly imagine. And yet they stood before a tree of which God said, Do not eat. And for the sake of great, gaining more knowledge, they took that and they ate it. And this world that was perfect is destroyed by our sin. And yet they're still is God's love. It sits right before us. It's like a person who irritates you to no end. A person that that you don't want to be around. We should have been that to God, and yet God is still right there with us, saying, I love you. Unconditionally. That means it doesn't matter how you look, doesn't mean your attitude. It doesn't matter the criminal history that you have. It doesn't matter what you've been through and gone through and are going to go through. I will continue to love you nonetheless. There are no conditions. There is no stopping my love for you. But why? Why does he love us so? We who are so evil to him. You know how we blame God for things that happen? We, we do. You know what? It's usually our fault why it happened. You know the good things that happen in our lives that we take credit for? We do. It's God who's given us those good things. The scripture says our, our hearts were only evil all the time. We are inclined towards evil, and yet here God is holding out his love, an unconditional love, agape love before us, and says it's still yours. Why? Because at one point there was a condition on that love. The condition was be perfect, as I, your heavenly Father, am perfect. Be holy and righteous. Do the things that I want you to do and do them all the time to the the nth degree. Not once do you doubt me. Not once do you ignore me or turn your back at me. Don't do any of that. He said, do that and I will love you. But the fact was we couldn't do it, so we didn't deserve that love. There was that one condition. One thing we had to do that we couldn't. There's still be. Between us and God's love. But that condition was fulfilled. It was completed. See, Jesus came and he lived exactly how God wanted him to live. He obeyed the commands completely from front to back. He not only did the commands, but he did them joyfully out of love for God. He didn't do it begrudgingly at all. He did things he should have done, and he avoided the things he shouldn't have done. And so Jesus earned God's love. Jesus demanded God's love by his actions. So God loved him. But then what Jesus did, he took the love that God gave him. He took 
the obedience that deserved God's love, and he said, it's yours now. I give my obedience, my righteousness to you. And so completing that one requirement, that one condition, that you must be perfect before God, and here we stand with that box, that agape love of God before us, because of what Christ has done. When he died on the cross, that's when he gave us his righteousness. Unconditional love. No matter what you do, God loves you. No matter who you are, God loves you because of Christ. A while back, missionary Terry Schultz came and he did a little presentation on Haiti. In the presentation, he had a picture of children just sitting on chairs. And he said, these children do this all the time. They're, they're orphans. They don't go and play. They don't run around. They just sit on the chairs because they've never known the love of a mother or a father. And so they don't have that psychological, emotional connection that a normal kid would have. They don't, they don't know what a parent's love is, and so they just they don't develop They just sit there. We see how important the love of a parent is for a child in their development. We see that the lack of it has some major consequences and is harmful for that child. And the same is for the love of the father towards us. A parent can love us as as much as they can But if we're not seeing that love, if we're not there in that love, if we're not hearing that love, it does us no good. That's why John says, second past verse 1, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. When the world looks at Christians, they see us as something different. There are things that we do that don't make sense to them, but it's just like they had a parent with a child and a parent without, the chi- without a child. A parent, a child without a parent. There we go. One knowing love and one not. One knows love because they've, they know Jesus. Not just intellectually, but because they know him as a Christian. They have a relationship with him. They've sat down and opened the word of God where Jesus comes to us and explains to us the love of God. They've opened their Bibles at home and, and read it. They, they, they see God's love and what he's done for other people throughout time. They, they come to experience God's love through his word and his sacraments. They know God's love, but those who do not hear, they do not know. And it's harmful. To not know the unconditional love of God. That's why we are here. Not just to learn about God, but to get to know Him better. As in a relationship better. 
As we open God's word, every time he pours out on us his unconditional love for us, and we grow to understand it maybe a little bit more, because we can't completely understand it. We can't completely understand how he continues to love sinners like us. When we have Bible class before church and open up to read Romans, there we again discover God's unconditional love for us. When at home we we open our Bibles and do devotions, there again we see God's unconditional love for us. And every time we come to know God just a little bit more, a God who can't be known completely just a little bit better, we begin to see how much He loves us. We fall back in astonishment when we begin to realize it. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. It's unconditional. It does not stop. But here He sets it before us and says, learn it. Know it. Study it. Because it changes everything in our lives. See, if you want to know more about God's unconditional love, come back next week. We'll talk about it. And come back the week after that. And every single week after that, because we're going to talk about that unconditional love. Because we can't talk about it on one Sunday. I can't explain to you the depths and the heights of God's love for you in a 20-minute sermon. I can't do that. You need all our lives to understand the love of God. And when that life comes to an end, what does he tell us? Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been made known to us. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. It's talking about Jesus. When we see Jesus, we'll be like him. We don't know what heaven will be like. We don't know what God will give us, the blessings he will give us, but when Christ comes, when we see him, that's what we will be like. And so those people on that plane, that southwest plane, the people who had confidence were the ones who believed Jesus. They knew that even though that plane crashed, they had a life that would continue on and a love that would continue on unconditionally. So join us next week. I'll keep sharing the unconditional love God has for us. And maybe at some point we'll only begin to understand what that means for our lives. You have an unconditioned love that changes us. Thank Christ for his sacrifice so that we can stand here with that unconditional love in our hands and our hearts. Amen. Please stand.